Thank you, Terry. We are definitely having some worship time at the end as a response to this talk, and that's why we've changed the, uh, the flow and the order of the meeting to give some space for that. Before I begin, I'd love to just read to you a selection of balloons that found their way to me at the front that really blessed me. Thank you for looking after me. Wonderful. You saved me from the dark into the light. Wonderful. This one is great. Health and strength. And I want to thank God for that. But as it came past me, I actually thought it said health and safety. I thought, well, I know which one Simon Hayes did. (laughs) (laughs) And then this one wins. Thank you, God, that you gave people imagination and they came up with balloons. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever you are, you win today. You are the winner. So as Terry said, today we are continuing our series uh, about words that are used regularly by Christians, but sometimes we say them And then if you say, well, what do you actually mean by that? We would have to spend a little bit of time thinking about it. And I was invited to go and preach at a church in York a few weeks ago. And they gave me this theme of joy to speak on. And I sat down and I started to study it and consider it. And I was really struck by digging into it deeply. I was really blessed by it, seeing the word joy in a deeper way. And so as we were looking ahead to this series, I'd been through that process already about the word joy It felt like exactly the kind of thing that we're trying to do. And when you go and preach in another church, uh, it's often a good idea to start with something that connects you with them. Uh, Like a comedian coming to Shrewsbury always starts with the Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury thing. Have you noticed that? Every every single time a comedian comes to Shrewsbury or even sports people, whoever, when they're talking about Shrewsbury, they start with that uh, to connect with us. Just for reference, it is Shrewsbury. So, uh, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> no, no, no. This is, this is a place of unity, people. Come on. Come on. It's Shrewsbury for Martin. So even within our team, we represent diversity. Um, so when I looked up, uh, when I was looking up stuff about joy, I was looking, who's famous from Yorkshire who I could quote, who might, you know, help me to be uh, welcomed? And so uh, Charlotte Bronte wrote this. No mockery in this world ever sounds to me so hollow as that of being told to cultivate happiness. What does such advice mean? Happiness is not a potato to be planted in mould and tilled with manure. Because they talk straight up there, don't they? (laughs) Well, I'm sorry, Charlotte, but that is sort of what I'm going to try and do this morning. But only sort of. Because if we're talking about happiness, then she was probably right. Happiness is an emotion that is temporary. It's fleeting, it's insecure, it's short term, it can be overcome with sadness, disappointment, and fear. But the way we use the word joy these days in common use basically sounds like temporary happiness, large amounts of temporary happiness. I don't know about you, but I hate watching all these penalty shootouts in the World Cup. And, and, and a penalty goes in and you see everyone celebrating, but then two minutes later, those same people are crying. Let it not be us. 
That isn't the kind of joy that I'm talking about today. As Christians, of course, we can experience heightened times of happiness and excitement. But those do fade away. They sort of ebb in and out like the tide. We're talking about something different today. We're talking about joy. And joy is really important. If we could move on with the slides. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah 8 from verse 10. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. If we're feeling weak and tired or run down or defeated, we need the joy of the Lord welling up inside of us. Joy is where our strength comes from. It's like a well deep inside us. It's the ability to bounce back. It's the hope in the darkness. It's the security even when circumstances are changing. Like when you had a medieval castle, it would have a well in the center. The walls on the outside might be under siege, but there's refreshment and there's sustenance for people to hold on. That's what joy is like. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And joy helps us to keep going. Hebrews 12 from verse 1. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God for the joy set before him. That was his power to endure the cross, to persevere. And we all know that life is not easy. But it's the joy of God within us and the knowledge of future joy with him that helps us to walk through pain and difficulty in this life. And ultimately, as we face death, there is still joy. For the joy set before him, the Lord Jesus could persevere and keep going. And joy is a sign of the kingdom of God at work in us. Romans 14 from verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy marks us out. It demonstrates that the kingdom of God is within us. And that's a bit of a surprise sometimes. Because between you and me, Christians have often got the reputation of kind of being the grumpy ones. You know who I'm talking about, don't you? The kind of like black clothes, black Bibles, the end is nigh, and these are all the fun things that no one is allowed to do. And I'm not entirely sure that's what Jesus was like. That's not what he brought to the table. That's not the impact that he had on the towns and the villages that he visited. People say to me, is your church happy clappy? Do they say that to you as well? Yeah. And I know when they ask that question, they're trying to take the mick of it. I know that. But I'm like, yeah, we are. Bring it on. What do you want us to be? Dour and sour. What do you want to be famous for? To be honest with you, 
I want us to get happier and clappier as we draw closer to the Lord Jesus and we celebrate his love. Joy is a sign of the kingdom at work in us. And joy is also a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22, it's named there as one of the fruits that occur in our life as the Holy Spirit moves. The Spirit dwells in us, so joy grows. It's, it's part of the divine nature being revealed in our hearts that there is joy. People should notice something different about us. And one of those things is our joy. But what do we mean by joy? Well, Christian joy is unique. In the world, people would say, if you get the circumstances right, if you get food, shelter, safety, and then relationships, work, leisure, possessions, then you will be truly fulfilled. Then all will be well for you. But this is completely untrue. All of those things, by themselves and together, of course they can make you happy. But most people, in most places, in most generations, have not had all of those things in place. And there are many, many people, even in our country today, who have all of those things, who are still deeply unhappy, uneasy, and insecure about the future. Christian joy is not based in our circumstances. It's not. It just isn't. It's not even linked. In Romans 5 verse 3, Paul suggests that we can rejoice, we can glory in sufferings. And that suffering produces in us perseverance, character, and hope. Suffering does not stop joy. It can certainly take away happiness, but joy will not yield. In fact, the whole thing is so turned on its head that Paul says that we can rejoice, that is, to experience and express joy even in sufferings, even in difficult circumstances. The hope that we have in the Lord Jesus stretches over our suffering. It stretches over our circumstances and it sees a future in glory. And that gives us joy, great joy. So what is joy? What is it? And I think at this stage, it's very personal how you might answer what joy feels like or or for you. I remember as a teenager, a Christian youth worker came into our school and he was wearing incredibly bright clothes and multicolored shoes. And he stood up at the front of an assembly And all the Christian teenagers in the school kind of went, oh. And he said publicly, I have the joy of the Lord, and it makes me free to express myself with vibrant clothes and be happy. And I thought, that's really great for you, buddy. I want to experience the joy of the Lord as well, but I don't want to go to work dressed like a clown. That wasn't my expression of joy. For me, if I'm honest, my best description of joy in a worldly sense will be how I feel next Sunday. (laughs) At about 6 p.m. when Mr. Harry Kane lifts the World Cup. 
because it's coming home. <laughs> For the record, that was not a word of prophecy. <laughs> that was me expressing a 39-year-old dream. And I realize that some of us here don't care, and that's fine. That's fine. What does joy feel like for you? We've got different personality types. We've like introvert and extrovert. There's different ways we respond emotionally to stuff. There's different ways that we are wired. We can't just have a narrow way of thinking that says, well, this is joy. This is something particular we do at this stage in a worship song, and that's joy. And if you don't do it, then you don't have it, or you're wrong in some way. That isn't what joy's like. It's about what's really deep inside you. We shouldn't listen to other Christians talking about their joy and think to ourselves, oh, well, that's it, I can't have it then because I don't compare to them. How you experience joy is intensely personal. Joy comes with a sense of peace around it. That wonderful hymn, it is well with my soul. When you can say, it is well with my soul, that's joy. That's joy. Joy is a sense of wholeness, a sense of what needs to be done has been done. Joy is a sense of energy and vitality. It inspires you to get things done. It provokes you. It pushes you. Joy is a sense of wellness, a sense of feeling good about something. Sense is a, uh, joy is a feeling that you can accomplish anything, a sort of like top of the world kind of feeling, a renewal of hope. I think one of the best ways of describing joy is joy is what you experience when you're blessed. Joy is like the summing up of the word blessed. Often we don't know how to pray for people and we say, Lord, bless them. What do we mean when we say that? Well, blessing conveys in itself a sense of peace, a sense of wholeness, a sense of everything going well for them. And so we're praying those things into people. And the outcome of that will be them experiencing joy. If we are blessed, then we will have joy. Joy is how we feel when we know that the blessing of God is with us. So where do we find this joy? How do we get it? First of all, in the presence of God. Psalm 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. When we are in God's presence, we draw close to the source of joy. That makes worship important. That makes our personal prayer and devotion important. But let's not limit God's presence to that. If you go up into one of the South Shropshire Hills and you look down across God's beautiful creation, at that moment, I feel really close to God in his presence, as though a father is saying to his child, look what I did for you. I feel his presence in that moment. God is at peace. God holds justice and mercy together. God holds the present and the future together. God is whole. God is righteous. God is at peace. God is full of energy. He's full of life. He's full of vitality. God is never ill. He's never tired. And he's never grumpy. Ladies and gentlemen, 
I am not God, and nor are you. But as we draw close to him, as we come into his presence, we draw close to those things, and we experience joy. Expression of joy is really important as well. There seems to be something that we experience joy more if we allow ourselves to show it or to think about it. Psalm 30, verse 11. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. How does that work then? Does it literally mean dancing? Or do you think the dancing in that verse is metaphorical? You know, the kind of like, I'm full of joy, I'm dancing in my heart. The truth is that God has forgiven our sin. He's lifted our shame. He's awakened our spirit. He's given us peace, purpose, hope, and destiny now and forever. Surely that deserves the occasional little hip wiggle. We've seen on the news, oh, there's people practicing on the front, fantastic. We seem to have seen, we've seen on the news this week, England fans all over the place in all the different cities and towns going absolutely crazy. And even people who hate football seem to be getting into this one. Our midweek group this week was astonished to hear that during the penalty shootout against Colombia, even Sarah Morris was standing up with her hands in the air cheering for England. That is quite a miracle. Everyone's been going crazy. But in our meetings, someone stands up and says that they've put their faith in Jesus. They've experienced the miracle of being saved for eternity. And we do what's the right thing to do in church. We give them a short, polite clap. Now, some of that is cultural. But I'm looking at myself and I'm thinking, Dave, some of that must just be your inhibitions. What's stopping you expressing joy that you can express in one area, but somehow doing it differently here? And I think a really good question is this. How did you used to express joy as a child before life got complicated? Kids don't hold back, do they? I recently told my kids, kids, we're going to Mackey's for tea. And they both went... Yes! They don't hold back, do they? They've got no inhibitions. If they're excited, they show you. And I think the more we express our joy, the more we experience it, the more we live in it. Letting the Spirit work is really important. If, according to Galatians 5.22, it is a fruit of the Spirit, then letting the Spirit work in us and it will grow. We've got an apple tree in our garden. It was given to us when we moved house by Auntie Julie. I've cut off a couple of branches here and there, following the instructions from the YouTube videos entitled How to Stop Your Apple Tree from Dying. (laughs) I have not done a lot to keep it in shape. And the fruit grows. And every year more fruit grows. We don't do anything. We just let it grow. It was there to be fruitful. The spirit at work in us 
the Christian believer will bear fruit. And one of those fruits is joy. And sometimes our life might require a little bit of trimming according to the instructions. But we need to let the Spirit move and receive the joy of the Lord. Remembering our salvation is also really important. Psalm 51 verse 12. If we could have the next one up. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. That moment we received salvation, how did it feel? Why do we ever move on from that place? Why do we complicate it? Why do we try and add things that then make us feel guilty? Can't we live as though we got saved yesterday and Jesus is coming back tomorrow and today is our chance? Just imagine if Jesus hadn't saved you. What would that look like in your life now? Well, he did. So remember it every day and experience joy that comes when we remember our salvation. Seeing the works of God. This is where we started with some balloons that we used in worship. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare his praise? Psalm 106 from verse 1. Contemplating the works of God means that we're not just focusing on our own circumstances. If we look at our problems all day long, that will rob us of our joy. We can be honest about our difficulties, but even then we think about what God has done for us in them. We can have joy even if those circumstances don't change. The nation of Israel left piles of stones on the ground as they journeyed with God like when they crossed the Jordan, a permanent reminder that God was with them. So whenever they passed it again, they would remember that he was with them. What are our moments like that in our life? Our conversion, the provision God's given us, receiving the Holy Spirit, answered prayer. This next bit is going to make no sense to people listening on the internet. But for those of you here this morning, we might not have Ebenezer stones, But remember the balloons. Remember the balloons. God has worked in so many ways in our life. Two more things, and then we're coming into land, and then we're going to have a testimony, and we're going to worship. Prayer. John 16, verse 23. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything Oh, sorry, until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive. And that's where we normally stop reading that verse. But it goes on. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Answered prayer, knowing that we're following the heart of God and we're seeking after his purposes, brings us great joy. When the prayer meeting's happening... Why would we go to a prayer meeting? Why would we choose to pray on our own with some quiet time that we have? 
Is it because prayer is a good discipline? We'd better go. It's the right thing to do. Or do we pray because we have joy and because prayer brings us joy, because we draw close to Father and we see him at work in our life? And we need to trust. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. As we trust, as we put our faith in the purposes and the promises of God, that builds our joy. As we say, you know what, God, my circumstances are here. But I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust what you've said. I'm going to trust your purposes, your direction, your promises over my life. As our focus moves, that fills us with joy. That fills us with peace. The moment we let go and we point ourselves in his direction, that is the moment that he moves. In the presence of God, expressing our joy, letting the Spirit work, remembering our salvation, seeing the works of God, praying and trusting in him, we can see joy grow in our life like a spring, like a well that feeds us. I'm now going to invite Esther to come and to bring a, uh, a testimony of how she's experienced God teaching her about joy. Hello. Um, so, yeah, we were reflecting on um, some of our own personal story um, about um, having a family. Um, so I'm just going to share a little bit with you from what happened. This is going back about eight years ago uh, for Dave and I. Um, so when the time came that we wanted to start a family, it took us a fair while to fall pregnant. And when, we, when it finally did happen, we were, as you are, over the moon and excited. Um, and it was a season of the church where there were, everyone was pregnant. There were lots of couples, probably eight or nine, that had also fallen pregnant at the same time. And our very good friends, Kate and Phil Downward, who some of you will know, had also recently told us they were expecting for the first time, and it was all very exciting to be journeying in that season um, together. Um, but for us, a few weeks in, we had some signs that things went well. Um, I had an early scan and confirmed that the little dot of a baby had died inside me. Um, I don't know, lots of people will have experienced similar and uh, will relate to these feelings, but for, for us, we, we did feel really utterly bereft of, of this little life that we weren't going to get to parent. Um, I felt really heartbroken. Um, but I also felt just God was just so closely with me and I was able to just pour out everything in my heart to him. Um, but I think also with it being a first pregnancy, um, you kind of always have that sense of perhaps this isn't going to happen for us if you don't have other children. So that was also you know, a painful thing to consider. Um, one day when I was praying, God ministered to me... Um, from the Psalms, where, which I think Dave's already referred to, um, though weeping may remain for the night, joy comes with the morning, from Psalm 30. And I was remembering that my um, grandmother, who I never really got to know on my dad's side, her name was Joy. Uh, she died when I was quite young. And I'd heard stories about her. She had, like, legendary faith. Um, and we always talked about it as we kind of in the family. And I kind of just thought, if we were ever to be blessed with a, with a little girl, we would call her Joy. Um, 
the pain of walking the journey alongside our close friends whose little bump was daily growing and getting bigger um, was acute. Um, Phil and Kate continued to just reach out to us, to love us, mourn with us, and just really walked with us. And I'm so grateful to them for that. But there were pangs of the pain of that lost experience of sharing that with them. And we wanted to be really excited for them. But obviously, it's just, it is really painful for, for everybody. We didn't want to push them away. So around about that time, um, we were due to go on our church weekend away in Kevinley. Um, and I was still waiting to, to miscarry. Um, but off we went, although it was kind of the last thing I wanted to do. But also nowhere else I'd rather be than with my church family as well. Um, and th- during the worship time, I had um, what I kind of describe as as a vision. I'd not really experienced visions before, but it was very vivid. Um, and the vision was of God giving gifts to his children. Um, and they were good gifts, and people were unwrapping them, and they were being really filled with joy. And then when it came to my gift, I opened it, and it was empty. And I turned to God in sadness. And obviously, that was just kind of a, an image, really, of how I felt. You know, why, why us? Kind of thing. Uh, but then I saw another picture and saw God with utter delight presenting what was like a a horn overflowing with oil, and I felt him saying that he was giving me an anointing to lead his people in worship. And uh, I was involved in worship at this time, but I had a lot inside me that I just didn't know what to do with. Um, often sensed what God was doing, and I felt like I had something to bring, but I had this kind of paralysis of absolutely not. Am I speaking that out or singing that out? I cannot do it. I don't want to. I don't want anyone to hear me singing. I was full of fear and self-doubt, but not after that moment. It was one of those watershed moments where I no longer cared about my, myself. I just wanted to serve God. Um, so it was a moment of realising that I'd let my own feelings of self-deprecation block what God had given me. And I'm sure there's many of us who've been on that journey as well. Uh, I felt joy rise up within me, and at that point, I got out of my seat, and I went to the front, and I sang over the congregation a prophetic song that God had given me. But it came out of a point of just feeling utterly broken and very humbled by God, but in a very loving, kind of fatherly, disciplined way. It's like, okay, God, I will do this then. Um, And fast forward several months later, we were sat having dinner with um, some friends who used to be part of the church, um, Asher Kanaditi, um, and they were the kind of friends that you kind of never knew what was going to happen over dinner. They would just break into prayer or prophecy at any time. Um, and Ashik just kind of said, I just feel that joy is coming to this household and declared it over us. Um, and a, about a week later, I found out that I, that I was actually pregnant. And I knew that it was going to be joy. And it was. Um, and that moment when joy was born, I remember just looking at her. And you know when you just have this kind of image of everything that God had done in me. Um, through her and through that experience of, of losing the first baby. And I was just so, so grateful for the incredible raw closeness with God that I hadn't experienced when things were easy and nice. And I'm so grateful for the things that God birthed in me in worship through difficult circumstances. He needed me to change, and that process was, was, was that. And I just wanted to share that today. The joy of the Lord really was our strength. It really was. It's not just a, you know, a nice saying. It really was our strength. And I just pray that that will continue to be whatever we face in our life ahead, that that will continue. I'll be, continue to be able to testify that. Thank you.
What is amazing about the Christian faith and the difficulties that we do face is that they actually make us stronger. In those moments, the world around us literally has no answer. And they say things to us like, I'm glad your faith has given you strength. When they say, I'm glad your faith has given you strength, what they're saying, although they don't realize it, is that I've seen your joy. I've seen your joy in the circumstances. Life can be really, really sad, but we still have joy. The well inside the castle is giving strength and refreshment. So to conclude, we all feel joy differently and we all express joy differently and that's okay. Tomorrow morning, where are you going to be? You're going to be at work, you're going to be with your family, you're going to be on your own, you're going to be at the school gate. Your circumstances might not have changed by tomorrow morning. You might have the same difficulties and strains and challenges. Who wants a bit of strength for tomorrow? Who wants a bit of perseverance for life? Who wants more peace as you look at your circumstances? Who wants to know that you are blessed? Who wants hope and security to take with you for your Monday morning? What we need is joy. Not necessarily to be happy, but the joy of the Lord welling up from deep within, taking it with us, a deposit within us, as a sign of the kingdom of God, as a sign of the work of the Holy Spirit, as part of our witness, as part of showing people around us that this faith that we profess doesn't just make sense when life is good, but it will sustain us through everything and into eternity. Our hope is so secure, and it is part of our witness. I'm going to draw this to a conclusion now, and I'm about to pray. And then we're going to worship. And that's why we've done it this way around, because we've got decent time for a, a much longer time of worship now. If being in the presence of God is how we get more joy, then let's worship. If expressing God, if expressing joy is how we get more joy, then let's worship. If he really has turned our mourning into dancing, then let's open our hearts to him and worship him. I'd like to invite the band up with that in mind. Give you a little bit of warning. I normally rubbish at this because I pray first and then invite them up and they don't have any time. So they can have a nice leisurely stroll to the front and I'm going to pray. And then I'd encourage you, whatever circumstances you're facing at the moment, let's open our hearts to God and let's express the joy that we have in him. I'm just going to pray.
Lord, I want to thank you that it's true that we can experience your joy in all circumstances. Lord, I want to thank you that you're true. your truth is true, whatever's going on. I want to thank you that the joy that you give us is like a well deep in our life, like in the middle of a castle fortress, providing the strength to continue. Lord, I know we've touched on some tough subjects today and that each of us has got our story of circumstances, disappointment and difficulty. Lord, we're honest about that. We're open about that. No one's pretending anything. We're saying it's really hard, but we're saying that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we're asking, Holy Spirit, bear fruit of joy in our life, that there can be an overflow of peace, hope, and worship that doesn't just touch us, but touches the people around us. And I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen.